And welcome back to the WDK Anything and Everything podcast, uh, Halloween special. Yeah. Um, today we have decided to read some creepy pastas. Yeah. Because like, why not? Why not? It should be fun. It should be. It should be creepy and scary and fun. Hope you enjoy. Able to read. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely like, stop halfway through. But anyway. Yeah. Like, um. <laughs> the and oh, the end. <laughs> end. <laughs> oh, okay. On. Who's starting? I will. Okay, Abby, go on. Okay. My creepypasta is called Bunker in Bunker in the Woods. Ooh, uh, scary. Right. Let's go. My friends and I wander into a dark woods at night. Uh weeding a little more than our flashlights and an overactive imaginations. It was a surge of adrenaline we needed. It gained it gained from horror and non-existent gained from harmless and non-existent horror. Lucky for us there was a forest bordering our neighborhood. It was full of ancient ancient trees that creaked in the wind. Our parents had often warned us about the entering the woods claiming the trees would fall down due to the weakest gust of wind. Of course, our warnings fell on deaf ears. We were young and we felt invincible. Uh, Though we pretended to be brave, we usually didn't go far into the darkness of the woods before cowering in fear. Each time we marked how far we'd gotten before giving up, and each time we set out on new adventures, we promised each other of breaking the record. Our last uh, journey occurred on the 29th of October, 2012. Liam and Frank were my best friends. Together, we ventured deeper into the woods than we ever had before. Liam, being a year older, always pretended to have uh, all the experience in the world. We hid in the bushes a few yards ahead and jumping out, attempts to scare us. Before long, we reached the furthest point we previously reached. 9th of April, 2012, it read. We kept walking, proud that we reached a new milestone. Shortly after, we noticed something in the darkness, uh, constantly staring around the trees. Hey, what's that? Liam asked. I don't know. Let's check it out. I basically yelled in response. As we got closer, we realised it was an old bunker. While it was cool, while it was a cool discovery, it wasn't uncommon in our country. There were thousands of concrete bunkers remaining after World War II. Still, we were exci- excited to explore our new findings. Inside, the, it was rid of any equipment. All it contained was a hole in the middle with a spiral staircase reaching steep into the ground. Let's climb down, Liam, Liam suggested. I I don't know, Frank stuttered. It doesn't seem like a good idea. The stairs might break and trap us inside. You're just scared to admit it, Liam teased back. You're, you're not willing to admit uh, you're scared. Not willing to admit our nervousness, Frank and I agreed to follow him down the stairs. The stairs themselves were made up of metal. 
though they felt solid enough, they produced a loud and echoing sound as they stepped towards the bottom. After a minute, without the end in sight, I got scared. How deep does this go down, I asked. In response, Liam took Frank's flashlight and dropped it down the middle of the staircase. It fell deep into the darkness. Holy crap, I can't even see it anymore. We just need to go back. It's too far down, Frank said nervously. No way. We we need to see where this leads. A short, a short argument ensued. After some pushing and shoving, Frank gave in. We kept going down. It took us more than 10 minutes to descend down the staircase. As we got further down, it progressively kept getting warmer and more humid. I could feel the sweat from my face as we reached the bottom. Once down, we found a large room that contained a little more, a little more than a locked door and mold covered for the, and a broken flashlight leaning and dropped down. It's locked. I guess we have to go back, I weakly insisted. But Liam had already set, set about searching the door. Before long, he found a metal panel on the wall. He peered, pried it open to reveal a lever. I'm going to pull, he said without consulting us. A loud crank and the door slid open. Liam and I entered first, while Frank trailed behind us. Without a flashlight, he had no clothes, no choice but to follow us closely behind. We found a nar- narrow hallway filled with open prisons. Each door cell was marked with a date. 7th July 1954, 9th of August 1954, 13th of September 1954. The, few rooms, the first few rooms did not seem to consist of anything other than dust, but we noticed once we got to the end something lying in one of the corners. There, on the floor, lay three completely, completely emaciated people. They looked like skeletons covered in thin layer of thin pink skin. According to the dates on the cells, they've been dead for more than fifty years. Um, I ushered. Oh no, are are they dead yet? I asked. I uttered those words, and one of them twitched to life. Life. We jumped, uh, we jumped at the sight and prepared to run. Only did we realise that one of the creatures had been attached to the ceiling. They dropped down in front of us and blocked the way. Their limbs were formed too long to fit their body. They formed abnormally fast and twitched as though they stepped closer. The eyes had been sewn shut and they had far too many ribs. They weren't human. Run, Frank yelled. We tried to move towards people that took their long arms and spurring through the door. Uh, Liam got stuck behind. Don't leave me, he yelled as he manoeuvred past one of the monsters. But with that, he reached out his and pierced Liam's abdomen. Unable to speak, he simply fell limp where he stood, held up one of, only held up by the creature that had killed him. Knowing we could not do anything to save him, Liam and I made a run for, her, for run for it. Our footsteps were dampened by the fungus and mold covering the floors. There, our steps rang loud on the metal as we climbed the staircase, alerting the creatures to, where, to our location. Without looking behind us, 
uh, we made it up the stairs, only listening as they got closer. I was a few steps ahead of Frank, but it all took me to get him. I didn't notice he was gone until halfway up the staircase. Then a scream of agony echoed in the room. It was Frank, I thought. I wasn't sure how far he'd gotten, but I couldn't help him. I kept running up the stairs into the woods. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't stop for breath until I reached the comfy streetlights of my roundings neighbours. Exhausted, I collapsed on my own doorstep and passed out, safe but broken. I only regained con- consciousness and told my parents everything. At first, they didn't believe me, but once the news of two missing children spread around the town, the police were alerted. They still can't confirm my story. Uh, they initially searched and rescue operation, but they only found the bunker I mentioned. No traces of the malformed creatures or no proof that my two best friends died there. On this day, the case still remains unsolved. However, since the case, since the cages were opened in the bunker, there have been a lot of reports, there have been a lot of reports of missing children. Unsolved mysteries. I only know the truth. I'm sorry. We never should have opened the bookers. The end. Whoa. Yeah. Ooh, it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this isn't scary at all. Let's just open it. Yeah, let's just go ahead and open this and see what's in here. <laughs> Died. <laughs> yes. Mine is only two minutes. So okay. Mine. Yeah. Yeah. Go yeah sure. Go on. Okay. It's called bottle. My damnation came in the form of a bottle. No, not like that. When I was a child, my best friend lived next to a little junkyard. Great place for a kid to hang out, a junkyard. Full of mystery and exciting discoveries. And if you find anything nice, nobody minds if you take it, except your parents, obviously. Well, not my friend's mom. Most of their bowls and plates came from that junkyard. But anyway, one day a bunch of us were hanging out, dismantling a car. Some of us might have been interested in the car. I just thought breaking stuff was great. When we got the engine strewn everywhere, we set to work on the interior. Under one of the seats was a little glass bottle, full of some green, bubbly liquid. Curiosity trumped hygiene in those days. I uncorked it and sniffed it. The smell was pleasant, minty, a little floral. One kid, Jackie, dared me to drink it. It was the double dog dare. I had to. The taste was also pleasant, and it warmed me on the way down. My body was filled with strange, pleasant tickling. Nothing else happened, not until that night. First effect, I couldn't sleep. I haven't needed sleep since. It's all right, I get a lot done. Second effect, a month later, I start to cough things up. I was playing alone in the woods and I hacked up blood. Then there were chunks in the blood. Then I was puking. The entirety of my coiled long intestine came snaking up as I sat there quivering. Tears on my cheeks, struggling to breathe, literally puking my guts up. My mouth seemed unhinged like a snake's to accommodate my lungs. My heart was on my sleeve. The blood stain would never have come out if I hadn't abandoned the clothes I was wearing. The police searched frantically for a missing person, but never found a thing. I wasn't empty when I finished, though. New organs built up inside me. I could feel them. I could see them when I closed my eyes. Nameless lumps and spirals swinging out of nothing. Third effect. Two months later, I began to crave the water. I can't, descri- I can't possibly describe the feeling of thirsty skin, but it was a desperate thirst. I left my parents' house one night and walked and walked until I came to a swamp and moved in. The murky, bug-filled water waters feel like home now, as they did all those years ago. 
I sit under the water, watching the fish and salamanders get eaten by herons, looking at the surface, waiting for my prey. I'm sure you know what the fourth effect was. I'm typing this on the cell phone of my latest victim. She was delicious. She smelled like fresh me- me- melons. Okay, that was bad. <laughs> that was yeah. just so weird. That was just weird. Yeah, okay, just so weird. basically, oh, look at this. Do you want it? And you're like, oh, no. A double dog dare you? Yeah, like, oh, well, now I have to do it. <laughs> no, the yeah. part that weirded me out was the one where she, whenever she closed her eyes, she saw, like, the new organs that were, like, inside. Yeah, she puked up her guts. <laughs> I mean, the imagery was well written, I guess. Yeah. 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 Other than that, the storyline was just like the fuck there. Oh, yeah. can I read my next? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, mine's called "Don't Let Them In." I hope it's scary. Don't let them see. Okay. Oh god. Okay, I'll say it now. Dun, 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 dun. I'm starting. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Addiction took mo- our mother slowly. Rocked her through it and sung her to sleep, sunk deep into the mattress on her bed. When her back teeth fell out, she left them on the side of the bathtub. I was seven, and I kept them in a matchbox. The missing pieces of her kept safe so that she wouldn't be lost forever. So maybe one day we could put her back together. A house fell around us, and we tried our best to raise ourselves. The ceilings had water damage, the bottom stairs had dry rot, and in the winters the radiators bled rust. But it was still our house, and Addie made it home. My sister Annie mothered me, with lopsided band-aids and on bruised knees and lukewarm microwave meals. She told me ghost stories and didn't mind when I crawled into her bed later on, too scared to sleep alone. She taught me to dance, barefoot on the living room carpet, music channel on full volume and on the TV, shaking our predolescent hips. She always let me shower first so that I could enjoy the hot water and never complained when she had to make do with the cold. She brushed my hair every day before school, even when I screamed and hit her when she caught the tangles. Annie was dark haired like her father, whoever he had been but I was blonde. Annie was desperate to be blonde too, like Marilyn Monroe. Like mom, I think she thought it would make them closer, remind mom less of her dad. I'd give anything for her to have her hands in my hair one more time, even it hurt. She moved to New York when I turned 18 and never came back. I still dream about her sometimes. Keeping up with our mother was impossible. We learned from a young age that we would always be left behind. It didn't make it any easier. When she was drinking light, she was radiant and would wake us up at 3 a.m. with pancakes dripping in cherry syrup. Sometimes when the weather was right and she'd had enough being drunk alone, she would call our school up and tell them we both had come down with... Wait, we we had both come down with summer sickness and we'd we'd drive to the beach instead. I remember being nine years old in the back seat of the car coming home after one of our ocean days, sucking the salts from my fingers. Annie had just dyed her hair blonde, her best friend Jane helping her bend over our kitchen sink. From behind, I couldn't tell who was the mother and who was the daughter. Radio up and windows down, blowing the sky inside. When she was drinking heavily, she'd be out all night, hair piled up like a beauty queen. 
eyes glazed over and ringed with glitter and black. Sometimes she'd be gone a day or two. She would never give us advance notice. One day, we, ju we just wake up to an empty house with the fridge packed full and a post-it note on its doors, complete with a smear of mom's lipstick and the outline of a kiss, telling us she'd be back soon. Sometimes she'd bring guys home, filling the table with beers, cans, and ashtrays, smoking up to the ceiling. Mom lost in the haze. We'd sleep with pillows over our heads, trying to drown out the music they blast all night and wake up strangers at our kitchen table in the morning, asking us where we kept the coffee. When mom drank too little, she fell apart. She wouldn't buy food, and the refrigerator went bare. She chain-smoked, leaving cigar burns on the wallpapers up by the stairs like the walls were sick and decaying. She barely slept, walking around with blue half-moons around her eyes, knuckles raw. She would scream at the slightest thing. I remember once when I spilled a glass of juice on the couch. She looked over at me with dead eyes, dragged me off onto the carpet, and then took every single cushion off the couch and into the backyard and set them on fire. Annie went to watch a while from the window and then sat next, next on me on the floor, backs pressed against the skeleton of the seats, head resting in the creature of my collarbones. It was the worst when Mom drank too much. She laughed too loudly, too long, as anything and everything until her mouth started to shake and she began to cry into her cereal at the breakfast table. Annie shut down when mom was like this, going somewhere deep inside herself with no one who could hurt her. She'd stay up late, uh, she would stay until morning watching old black and white movies on TV, whispering the lines she knew by heart like prayers. When I was five years old, I'd cry when I'd find my mom passed out on her bed. Sure, she would never wake up, Annie would wipe my tears and tell me she was only sleeping, like princesses in my storybook. We'd sit on mom's bed together and wait for her to wake up. When we were older, I was the one who picked mom up off the bathroom floor again and again, and Annie would put her to bed, smoothing her hair off her face, wiping the vomit off from her mouth, and changing her clothes if she'd piss herself. Watching them, man, there was no doubt that Annie was the mother now. It was October, and I was 13, Annie 16. It was Wednesday night, and Mom had been gone for two days. She'd call us in the morning from a payphone, voice slurring, telling us she was having the best time with her, all her friends, her new friends, and that she hoped we were doing fine. When she asked me if I was having a good birthday, I hung up on her. My birthday had been the day before. Annie had given me a pile of presents, strawberry lip gloss and glittery nail polishes. I didn't ask where she'd gone, gotten the money for them. I didn't care. We'd take the bus to the beach with Jane and ate the birthday cake she had made for me, sand getting into the frosting. It tasted like sweetness, of, uh, sweetness and the sea, and I savored every bit and scrape of sugar against my teeth. We watched the sun go down, Annie snapping grainy photos on her Nokia as I blew out my candles, wishing over and over that Mom wouldn't come home and that she'd stay gone this time. But that Wednesday night, Annie and I weren't speaking. Anger hung over heavy between us, seeping through the floorboards. It began when she tripped on the bottom of the stairs. We'd both laugh, Annie throwing her head back, the gap between her teeth catching the light. We'd bend, when I bent to pick her up, I felt her breath again, warm against the freckles on my cheeks. I let, her go, I let go of her arms and she fell again. 
hitting the floor, grinning, shaking her arm from her face. Her breath was heavy with whiskey. I couldn't start picking her up, too. Couldn't watch her fall again and again. Just like Mom, I knew she'd never get up. I'd stare down at her, blonde hair hanging over her eyes. All I could see was our mother. Then I was running, feet slamming the hallway like heartbeats turned loose. I'd run for the kitchen and tipped every bottle we had down in the sink, shoving Annie back as she falls to stop me, catching liquor on her fingers as it fell. She grabbed my shoulders and made me drop the very last bottle. It smashed between us on the floor, glass shards shining like we dragged the stars out of the sky and broken them, like pieces we could never put back. Outside, outside though, the open windows, the sky turned pale gold, the clouds a mess of pink and cream smeared across the horizon. I cried then, watching my sister on her knees picking up the pieces. That was Annie, always trying to fix things, even when it was too late. The smell of food dragged me onto my room, my stomach turning treasure inside my ribcage. Annie was cooking pasta, real food, not, not made in a microwave. She'd set the table, Tammy Wynette singing softly from the CD player, Annie gently swaying her hips as she stirred the tomato sauce, rich and warm. As we ate in silence, I forgave her more with every bite. Mom never cooked dinner, never remembered my favorite had been spaghetti since I was a kid and never stayed sober long enough to sit up at a table. Annie wasn't mom. We were washing the dishes when we first heard it. A moth was crawling down inside of the paint, and I cracked the window to let it out into the dark. From the backyard came a faint sound. I tilted my head to listen as it was coming from far off. Crying, I figured it was Mika, the two-year-old next door, having a tantrum loud enough for us to catch, or maybe even Lucky Strike. The cat that belonged to the junkies down the street, begging for food like he sometimes did. I always wanted to feed him when he came around, winding over my ankles. But Annie always stopped me, saying, once you started giving, they never stopped taking. Looking back, I don't think she was talking about the cat. Annie flipped the Christmas lights strung up around the porch, and we sat on a plastic beach chairs watching the skies. When we were little, we'd sit outside, and Annie would tell me the names of all the constellations, constellations and the stories of how long they came to be hung up on this night sky. I had to grow up before I realized she made, all up, made them all up as she went along. It was a game we still like to play now, making up ridiculous stories for the shapes we could pick out. Ah, yes, that one, that, there is the chorus light. It got... It got there when God dropped it on the convertible window and picked it up, she said, nodding sagely and hiding her smile. Of course, I said, waving my hands, pointing up past the power lines, right next to the ashtray left there by angels on smoke brick. Yeah, they say if you wish on it, all your dreams will come true, said Annie with a grin. Then she stopped laughing, and her voice grew quiet, face tilted up to all those dead stars. Let's wish, Emmy. Let's wish, so we did. The sound of wailing interrupted us. It was closer this time, and definitely human. We turned to one another in confusion. Annie shrugged, and I squinted into the black. It sounded like a baby, lost, tired, and alone. It must be Mika, I said, slowly getting on, getting to my feet. Maybe he started walking. Maybe he walked around the back. 
Do you want to call Connie and tell her we'll bring him over? Annie didn't reply. I sighed and rolled my eyes. Okay, I guess I'll do everything then. I stepped off the porch, grass sobbed against my heels. The air smelled like it might rain, fresh and clean and growing. A promise unfulfilled. Um, Annie's voice was strained. I turned to her with a smile. It died on my face when I saw the look on her own. Um, get inside now. She was staring out in the dark, past me, and opening the door with one hand behind her, fingers fumbling on the latch. I froze, barefoot in the dirt. I'd glimpsed what she was looking at. In the bushes by the back fence, someone was crouching with their knees tucked up neatly under his chin, his arms wrapped around his legs. His mouth was abgate, softly opening and closing as he cried, like a child lost in the dark. No, not like a child. More like someone pretending, mimicking the sound under cover of darkness. Suddenly, they straightened their back, snapping upright, face still obscured by shadow. They were tall and slim, extraordinarily thin by human standards. Panic made me move, carried forward by animal instincts left over from a time when people still lived in nature. I was faster than Annie, dragging her inside and slamming the door behind us, hearing it bounce on its hinges as I locked it. We watched as the person slowly approached the house with long, deliberate strides. Annie reached for my hand, holding me tight, and turned me to face her, holding my shoulders. Don't turn around, Emmy. Don't turn around. Instinctively, I started, I started to look over my shoulder into the gloom. Annie grabbed my face hard and shook her head. I knew then she was serious. I'm... Her voice cracked, and she, hurt, and she cleared her throat, gripping my hand tight enough to hurt. Nails digging in, grounding herself. I looked at, down at the interlocked fingers, both of us born at the same bones, of the same bones. I'm going to call the cops and everything is going to be fine. Her voice flattered, stuttering. Tears spilled over her lashes. Annie never cried. Your phone's on the porch, she's whispered, and bile crawled its way up my throat. Her phone was upstairs charging. A soft tap, tap, tapping noise filled the silence. Annie turned wide-eyed to the window. It was the sound of someone's forehead slowly and repeatedly bumping against the glass. Then the blows accelerating, gaining in both speed and strength. Skin melting glass until they were slamming into the window hard enough to shake the panes. A moment later, the tapping stopped, and I was about to ask Annie if I could look now, when she screamed, followed by the sound of cracking glass and a tremendous crash. Whoever was in our yard had just smashed their face hard enough to into the window to shatter it. We ran upstairs two steps at a time, skipping the rot, rotted ones out of habit. I turned to look behind me once, and Annie yanked my face back before I could use I could see it. The sound of glass breaking echoed behind us as we made it through the bathroom and locked the door. A weak mewling cry, like that of an infant calling a, calling for its mother the hallway trapped between the walls and entryways annie threw her back against the door feet jammed up against the bathtub clutching a knife she had grabbed from the kitchen i joined her shoulder to shoulder and she did the same slow footsteps started to started on the stairs calculated and casual the crying took on a mocking quality resembling laughter arriving in short shrill bursts of sound followed by high-pitched giggling and then silence only started a moment later. The first door on the upstairs floor was in my bedroom, 
and we heard the distant sound of it slamming open. They were looking for us. What the fuck is going on? I asked Annie, not even bothering to brush away the tears that I couldn't keep from falling. I watched my sister pick herself off from the floor and brace her hands on the door as we heard the sound of a second door slamming open. Mom's room. The next room on the hallway was the bathroom. Annie pulled me to my feet and handed me the knife. I shook my head and pushed it back to her, terrified of what would happen if I could use it. Annie shoved me and pressed the knife into my hands, thumb pressing hard enough along the edge to draw blood. I watched a winding road of crimson revolutes cascading down her wrist. In spite of the pain, Annie continued pushing the blade into my hands. Finally, I took it from her. Something slammed against the wall that mom's room shared with the bathroom. A high-pitched howl followed. I held my breath and felt my heart beating frantically in the base of my throat. I got, I'm got. i gonna get the phone from my room, my sister said. I shook my head dramatically in protest. Before I could say a word, Annie clamped a hand over my mouth. I could taste the blood on her hand, salty and sweet, like birthday cake by the ocean. Yes, I'm gonna get the phone, and I'm going to call the cops. We're going to be okay. I shook my head again. It's all... It's the only way, Annie said, insisted. When I go, I need you to lock the door, and I don't want you to open it for anything or anyone. Not for me, not for anyone. Promise me? I shook my head, and Annie pressed her head, hand against my mouth, pushing my teeth against my lips so forcibly it made my eyes water. Promise me. Hmm? Something smashed in the room next door. Annie brushed the hair from my face and gently tucked it behind my ear. Promise, she mouthed, and unlocked the door as slowly as possible. The bolt scraping gently, I watched the curve of her shoulder disappear into the darkened hall, like the moon in an eclipse, and then she was gone. I couldn't move or breathe for a second, and then I slammed the bolt shut as just as something bounced off the outside of the door. A high-pitched scream ensued, followed by the handle rattling up and down hard enough to pop a screw loose. I watched it roll toward me on the tiles, and then everything went silent. I sat with my back to the door, holding the knife, wishing I was holding Annie's hand instead. The silence continued. For a moment, the only sound that was my breath was that my breath slowly filling the room. A voice broke the illusion of solitude. Um, a familiar voice came through the door. Startled, I gripped the knife even more firmly than before. Honey, what's going on? Mom? My voice cracked. Mama, is that you? I wrapped my arms around myself to keep myself from shaking. Sweetie, it's okay. Just open the door. It's okay. Just let me in. The hands are rattled again, gentler this time. Just let me in. It's all okay. She banged impatiently on the door, and I took my handle off the bolt. Honey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I missed your birthday. I'm sorry I'm such a terrible mother. Please, her voice broke as she started to cry. Just let me in, baby. I'm so sorry. I screwed my eyes shut. She sounded so sad and so lost. I just wanted to. I just wanted her to hold me as like she did when I was a kid, when I'd come with a scraped knee after fa falling off from the skins. Maybe this time she meant it. Perhaps it would be okay. My hand found its way to the bolt again. My sister's voice came through the door, warm and gentle. Yeah, Emily, let us in. It's all okay. My hand froze on the bolt. I tightened my grip on my weapon. Annie never calls me by my full name. 
A hand banged on the door, handle rattling. Emily, let us in! Annie's voice became low and grew, <laughs> followed by the same shrill giggles from before. Mom spoke now, pleading and crying, her voice growing louder and louder. Let us in! Let us in! Let us in! She shouted over and over again, punctuated by her fists on the door. I thought about bedtime stories and all the demons and monsters we pray never crawl out from under our beds. That's not my sister. You're not my mother. I screamed through the door, hands over my head. I climbed into the bathtub, curled into the fetal position, and clutched the knife into my to my chest. I didn't know why it was the outside door, but I knew it wasn't Annie. It wasn't the voice that scolded me whenever I changed the TV channel. The one that sang me happy birthday. The one that told me I was smart even when I was even when I got bad grades. The one that read me stories about princesses that never wake up. It wasn't human. Bang, bangs and yells came from downstairs, followed by footsteps of people running. A low guttural howl ripped through the house, filling the room until I felt like I was drowning in the sound, and then the door was kicked in. I screamed, covered my eyes, and waited to die. A moment later, arms found me, lifted me from the back, lifted me from the tub, and carried me from the room. I looked I looked at the outside of the door as well as I was taken downstairs. Its exterior was covered in long, scraping claw marks, stretching to the floor. I found the hallway covered in the soft, downy remains of torn-up pillows, making it appear as if, some, if it, as if it had snowed indoors. I watched the tiny feet feathers drift slowly as men in uniforms checked each of the rooms that looked like they had been ripped apart by something feral. Outside, police cars and ambulance waited in our driveway, and there, in the middle of all, was Annie, bathed in blue and red light and glowing in the dark like a neon angel. I threw myself from the officer's shoulders and ran to her. Then I held us both together, broken pieces and all, standing under all those consolations we'd concutated. <laughs> Muffled screaming came from the ambulance, which rocked occasionally. Annie gently turned my head away, smiling so sadly it made my chest ache. I understood. It turns out there was no demon, no wild animal or bad man were trying to break in. It was just mom, out of her mind on booze, drugs, and everything in between, coming to the end of a long weekend binge, week-long binge. Something had finally broken inside her head, and this time we couldn't put her back together, no matter how hard we tried. Sometimes we fall one last time, and then never get back up. Annie had seen her real thin frame in the garden, blood dripping from her mouth, track marks bulging from her forearms like unmapped roads, desperate for one more hit, one more fix. She'd searched the kitchen for all the alcohol I'd thrown away, and when she hadn't found any, she went hunting for the stash hidden in the bathroom. She hadn't wanted me, just the drugs on the other side of the door. She'd been so high she was unable to she was able to mimic, mimic Annie's voice nearly perfectly. The real monsters are the ones that eat you alive slowly, the kind that comes in a bottle or a needle, or at the end of a long list of reasons why you can't get out of bed in the morning. Sometimes the monsters are the ones that raise you or love you the most. What's up to you to let them in? That the end. <laughs> Wow. That was really weird. What that was so long. That was very good and very weird. It, 
I thought it was like a demon or like some ghost or something. Yeah, same. I thought it was some demon. Yeah, it was just her mom. Yeah, what the hell? That was... I I didn't like that because it was really long, but it was also really good at the same time. It was good listening to you read it. (laughs) It was really bad for me for reading it out loud. (laughs) You have a really good voice to like read out stories, so it was easy to listen to. Oh, really? Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Who's next? Charmaine. Oh, oh, okay. Wait, I'll be um... right back. Okay. Okay. Wait, do I not read or not? You read. Okay. Um, This is called uh, Halloween to Remember. Okay. Okay. My friends and I decided to trick or treat this year. We are teenagers that wanted some candy and to TP houses. We lived in a massive neighborhood, so there was a lot to go around. After two hours of going around the street, egging and TPing houses, and very luckily escaped from the police, we were ready to end the night. We all stopped at the dark street. Should we go? One of our friends asked. Okay, one more street, another friend replied. I started down this dark street, unable to see the end. There was something odd about this street, like it didn't belong. The houses were completely different from the ones in the neighborhood. The houses looked abandoned, and there were no lights in the, either in the street or the houses. I got a bad feeling about this, guys, I said. Don't be a pussy. We're just going to egg some houses and leave. They do call the cops again. We'll sneak out of there. This place is freaking pitch black, my friend replied. We walked down to the cold black street, joking around and telling ghost stories, as I just couldn't help feeling watched. Houses looked very different and didn't look stable. I knew something was up. I knew it. I just knew it. The light from the other street began to become... Became... Become dimmer and dimmer okay here we took a, a bag of eggs and toilet paper we're just we were cursing and having fun i almost forgot to be worried crack a loud noise echoed in the street what was that i asked everybody hide now my friend yelled i saw all my friends scramble around the block i hid behind the rusty trash can i looked over at the edge i couldn't see anything because it was so dark. I only could see a blue outline of the blue houses. I took my phone from the light. No signal at all one at all one my set on myself. Didn't they build over a dozen cell phone towers all over the area? I shined my light towards the street. Crack. This time it was even louder. I pulled back and looked over again. All of my friends were there, standing in the middle of the street. So what do you think that was? I questioned, walking towards them. They respond, hello? There's something about your soul I cannot take, but I'll find a way. They'll all say, they all said at the same day, time. What the fuck? They all charged towards me. I ran and ran. The darkness seemed to continue and forever. I didn't hear them chasing after me, but I didn't stop. I couldn't look. 
I kept looking for a fo source of light or just look, just anybody. I slammed my face into a wall. I got up and see against, see a giant skyscraper, sorry. Outlying in a blue and plenty fill of them. Plenty fill of them. It was a city without a light. I stood there, completely shocked. A lot of questions flew into my mind. What just happened? Where am I? Can I get back? These questions flooded my mind. A loud growl roared behind me. I turn around and see a wolf-like creatures blended into the darkness. Shit, I whispered to myself. I stood there, looking straight at the creature. I regret my decision after that. I ran as fast as I could, hearing the creature's paws hitting the concrete. I stopped at an alley. I think I'm okay, I said to myself. You're, you're far from okay, a similar voice responded. I stood around and see an army of people standing. I tried to run, but another group blocked me from the other side of the alley. A tall man stood in front of me. He was dressed in black and was wearing a hoodie. The block of his face. What do you want from me? I yelled. I want your soul, like I did with all your little friends that here. I use this realm to capture all many souls as I want. You bastard, I yelled. You're different, your soul is special, and you're very hard to get. And that, and what makes it harder, harder that you're protected, but no soul is strong enough to keep me out. Get ready to become my puppet. Then they closed in on me. I felt like this was the end, and I was going to be made his puppet, and I couldn't do anything about it. A stereotypical light shone down on me. Not him again, the tall man said. I woke up in my bed with my bag of candy and leftover eggs from last night. I looked at my digital clock and read it. It was 7 a.m. 11, 1, 11. I said, I lay there for a while and wondered if it was all a dream. Whatever happened, I'm safe now. I got up and get ready for school. I saw a sticky note on my door saying, I haven't forgotten about you yet. The end. <laughs> wow. Wow. That was, that was odd. That was, that I, was I like the part about um, I'm back for you or something. Yeah. But like, what the hell was it? I want to continue. What was that? Yeah. What was it? Was it, the, was it Satan? Was it I kept like stuttering. I don't know why. As I look at it, and I was like, blah, 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 blah. What, <laughs> what was good, I saying? No, that was, that's okay. You were fine. Yeah, you're I know you're really, really good. I know, but I, I was just like saying, um, uh, to, uh, what was I saying again? <laughs> no, it feels like you're reading in class. Oh, oh yeah. I was, I was like giving myself pressure. I was like, you know that everyone else is going to hear you now. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, read this. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Out of all of those, which ones are your favorite? I think Kia's My is actually good. Yeah, I like yours, Kia. Yeah, same. The one yeah. with the mother. The mother. The really mother. That was, like, very weird. Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mind mine, but mine was just, like, teenagers being stupid, so. Oh, I like, <laughs> I also liked Isabel's one. 
What was that it, one again? This was weird. You're um, really that weird. was. Um, I like the way it was very weird. You know the one that like saw the morning. You drank the fizzy balls. Yeah, and like the new organs that oh, were going inside yeah. of her. I thought that yeah. one was really odd. Kind of ideas in that were pretty cool. They were more, you know, they were creepy, but um. No, nah, I just thought it was really odd. <laughs> it was very yeah. weird, but I liked it. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. I didn't mind Abby's either. Yeah. I forget. Yeah, what was your one again? I forget. <laughs> it was like the um, it was the uh, bu- uh spare bunker. yeah the bunker the bunker. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. um, we shouldn't touch them or something. Yeah, we should just let yeah. Be. Tell you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, basically, me and Abby's were just like the same because they were just basically being stupid. Yeah. No, but your one was like demonic. I feel like there was something demonic in it. Oh yeah, like mine was like okay then. It was just like a yeah. hint of demon, but not really. Mm. Yeah. So, what do you want to do now? We're after being here for 50 minutes. It's been I an hour, think... lad. Okay. Really? Is this the I'm end the of the podcast, then? I think, I so. think so. Yeah. I was just making myself food while Shermaine's one was going on. I was listening to it in the background. Oh, wow. <laughs> you oh, I should have been my... eating. When I was listening to what, what, what is wrong with you? You didn't want to listen to me? Like, you said no, I was I good. No, like, in the background while she was making it. I know, I'm just joking. I know. <laughs> okay, so... Should we say, like, if there's any people out there like, who wants to give us questions or want something other for any other podcasts, any other topics that they want us to cover? Yeah, Abby, go on. Our, I don't think drop. we have enough viewers for that yet. Um, yeah. Well, any viewers that are watching. Yeah. Like Tara, like, Tara, I know you're. I know you're listening. Tara, I was just about to say that. Like, like Tara just can like you know like Tara ask them. How are you guys? Tara and Leanne are listening right now. Hi. Yeah, I think Karina's listening too. Wait. Yeah. Wait. Is this live? No, it's not. No, oh, it's not. Oh my god. <laughs> so I'm gonna edit it first, and then we'll um I'll upload it. Right. Okay. Okay. Then. Edit out anything that makes me sound bad. No, Same. I'm not gonna bother editing you out because it's gonna be funny. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, that yes, do it, do do do. Yeah, do. I won't edit it out. It's for comedy, Please. comedic purposes. Okay then. Okay. So, okay then. Goodbye. Is that the end? Follow goodbye. us on yes. our Instagram. Follow us on yeah. our Instagram at WDK Anything and Everything, and please subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is where yeah. The videos are going to be exactly. up after a few days of the podcast that's uploading on Spotify. And I hope you enjoyed listening to it. And yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Bye. Happy Halloween. Happy oh, Halloween. Bye. Enjoy your Halloween. Make it worth it for this year. Okay. Okay. Bye.